What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about winter fishing. Yep. And I'm back on the podcast, guys. Yep. It's Austin and I are going to be running through winter fishing today. Uh-huh. And um, how to use the right, right bait. And uh, a big part of that is downsizing your bait, Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about how you downsize your bait in the winter. Okay. I just, I think uh, downsizing and slowing down the bait movement. Like, usually, I'm, like, a big, like, clunky, like, long bait guy, and I think keeping it smaller, the bass a little mis- uh, less active, a little, like, lethargic, tired, they're swimming through that cold water all day. I mean, imagine you were, like, a cold-blooded animal, and that, like, cold water flowing through your body for, like, three months now, and your pro- your movements will probably slow down, too, so they're just like, yeah. looking for those smaller baits and that's like great in that time of the uh, that time of year yeah and you gotta remember guys that these bass are cold water or cold-blooded animals i should say mm-hmm. um they don't necessarily have heat in in their bodies and so they rely on the water temperature to stay to be comfortable in some days of the year when it drops uh into the freezing point um especially down in the southeast not necessarily the south but the southeast mm-hmm. You could definitely start uh, to have some temperatures dropping below 32 degrees and those bass becoming uncomfortable mm-hmm. def- and harder to catch. Because they rely on that water, just like you said, Griff. Um, another thing, uh, when you're fishing in like lakes, I know a ton of y'all are out there aren't probably don't have a bass fishing boat. Neither do we. But uh, yep. even if you go out on a big lake, uh, try to find those deep pockets. You know, that's where they're looking to stay in the winter, just kind of chill out. Yeah, I agree there. You know, the deep pockets, especially, you know, we're just talking about fishing shallow can be good, but some days those fish go real deep, and that can be a big part in catching fish, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, What uh, Austin was talking to me earlier about was uh, knowing the bottom of your pond, knowing if um, there's shelves or if it's, straight drop off, you know, depending on if it's man made or natural lake you're fishing. Well, if it's like rock, grass, man-made. weeds on the bottom, etc. Y'all you just know the bottom of your pond, know what to throw. Yeah. Especially if you're uh, using if you have a bath boat and you got some technology on the front. Mm-hmm. Um you should be able to see what type of cover you're messing with down there. Mm-hmm. If you have panopias or a live scope or something. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, it's very, that'd be very helpful. Because, especially in the winter, the bass like cover, whether it's like grass, wood, a dock, maybe, and rock fixtures and like formations in the water, uh, they like tend to provide good natural cover to, uh, fix, to fix the, uh, like cover for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of that is, uh, a part of, uh, you know, if you have, you know, reeds on the bottom of your pond, you may be getting some uh, bass sitting in those. But a lot of the time at this time of year, it's going to be a lot of rocks. If you have rocks, rocks hold a lot of heat. Wood holds a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. And those bass will tend to snug up to those things and uh, mm-hmm. just for, for cover during these cold months. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you've heard me talk about in the past episodes, this app Bass Forecast, you type in, you, they have a ton of options of what kind of like uh, the bottom of your pond is, like whether it's like grass, rocks, or weeds or stuff like that uh, at the bottom of your pond. You put that in there and it will tell you like 
what the best baits to throw are. It knows it, it'll know the water type around you, and it's kind of crazy. This pond that me and Griffin go fish at like all the time, it basically mapped out the whole pond, t- told us what points in the pond are good to fish at. It, it's just a crazy app. It's, it's a great app to use. I highly recommend. Yeah, I mean it is Bass Forecaster, Bass Forecast, whatever it's called. Um, it is. It's an awesome app. It tells you how how good the day is to fish. And some days, you know, it'll sell like 3.4, fair day. Mm-hmm. Other days, it'll sell like 6.3, and it's the best day of the month or whatever mm-hmm. they think. But that stuff, that stuff's helpful, especially because somehow this app got our location. Mm-hmm. I think we had our location on, on our phone. Uh-huh. And they literally had a shape of what our pond that we fish looks like and where the dock is half of our whole pond and showed where the drop-offs are where the deep areas are where yeah it was it was crazy but it it did help because we we learned that um there's a point on one side of the lake where they thought uh held some cover from their Mm -hmm. you know satellite view and it was true we went over there and we caught seven or eight fish on that on that point just sitting sitting there um couple weeks ago you know because it was holding there was i am pretty sure there was some rocks because it is a man mm-hmm. a man-made yeah. pond and there's some rocks uh there that were holding some heat for those fish mm-hmm. so they were snugging up close to that and uh you know what we're throwing for there you know good baits for the winter guys are yep. you know jerk baits the jerk baits are really good shad dying shad imitator uh-huh. um guys tend to um underestimate what the jerkbait can do, especially if they're fishing off the bank, but trust me, you can throw the, ba- the jerkbait on the bank, you can throw it on a boat, in a kayak, whatever, you, mm-hmm. whatever you're fishing out of, trust me, the jerkbait works in the fall and winter months. Uh-huh. Um, the next bit I, I like to speak on a little bit, because not a ton of you guys know, Griffin and I, I, I figured out about this bait not very long ago, uh, not very long ago, it's a blade bait. It's basically, like, it's really skinny, it looks like a rattle trap, if you cut it in half, it's a super skinny, super skinny metal, uh, uh, bait. And it's shaped just, it's shaped like a rattle trap, uh, except it's very skinny and like a blade basically. It's- yeah. Yeah. It looks like a spoon guys. Uh-huh. If you ever throw in a spoon, it's like a spoon, but it, it acts as a, more of a jerk bait or like a rattle trap. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And it, that's very effective. A lot of metal, like those metal baits are very good. Uh, like rattle trap that could work sometimes, but uh, those metal baits are very good, very very good in the uh, winter season. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, we work with mostly in the fall. Tend to throw it a little bit towards the winter months. It's a lipless crankbait. I know you guys know a lot about it, mm-hmm. the lipless crankbait. But um, I, I personally throw the Guggen. Uh, uh, it's called the Clutch. Yeah, the clutch. It's uh, the Clutch. It's their lipless crankbait, and it it has worked really well. It bounce doesn't t- it doesn't bounce off cover as well, but you're really usually throwing it in the open water. Mm-hmm. If I was to need to bounce off a lot of cover, I would be really tending towards more of that recon with that with that square bill on it. You know, those things work a lot better mm-hmm. in the in the probably spring and summer months. Mm-hmm. Um. The next bait I like to go into a little bit about is the wacky worm. Griffin can tell you a lot about this. He was just down in Stream Song, and he was uh he was throwing what June bug worm? That's Aaron Bandito bug down there. 
Yeah, so um, I was just out in Central Florida. Um, I went to visit Stream Song. Um, we were throwing a wacky worm. So we pretty much just had a Senko, uh, Junebug Senko, and we wacky wigged it. Um, and it was it was it was great. You know, just kind of you know let it sink, popped it a few times, got down on those lily pad cover, um, and it was really good. We uh, had a lot of fun. Caught about twelve fish. But um, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a good time, and um, you know, also we're throwing a bunch of jigs down there in the winter months. Mm-hmm. Have to do, uh help a lot in the winter months. Yeah. Um, as you jigs are good because they have that skirt on it that kind of makes it a bigger presentation, and sometimes those fish like slow and big presentations that they can, you know, eat easily and mm-hmm. survive off during the yeah, cold months. I like I really like the uh. The football, uh, the football head rig, uh, yeah, is. football head jigs are really mm-hmm. good. I like them a lot too. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of those. You can pick them up at your Dicks, Cabela's, whatever your closest fishing spaces. They're always in stock. They're great lure to have. Just in back of your tackle box. Yeah, and you know, um, there's some. One said in stream song, the guy I went out with was talking to me a lot about, um. The custom websites you can go on, and they'll literally let you customize everything about that that bait. And usually, it's a big thing for jigs because you can put on, you know, say a black so and blue skirt. And so, so many different pieces to a jigs. Yeah, jigs, yeah. So different colors that you can change on it. It's very. And sometimes cool. I've yeah I, I agree yeah, and sometimes um, in the store when you try to. Fine, you know, so your black and blue. You usually find your black and blue and your green pumpkin skirts, but mm-hmm. sometimes when you come to orange and brown, maybe, or you know, any of your kind of your reds, you usually don't see those as much. And so these custom websites are letting you customize everything about that that you would want. And um, you can put that uh, football head, you know, weight on, you put a standard, whatever you want. And it's not, it's maybe like $8 for jig, which is maybe $2 higher. Than what you were to go if you were yeah. to your local, great, your local it, f- fishing store. It's so much cooler, like, fishing with a bait that you know you customize. Like, you were the one who picked out the colors for it. Like, if you catch a fish on a bait that you created, like, you just get that extra, like, you just get that extra feeling in you. Like, I created that. Like, that, like, it just, it feels so good. Yeah, it's, it, it's really cool. And, um, I got that feeling kind of down when I was in Florida and, I tried out the Guggen Bandito bug, which is, I've probably talked about it in a uh, podcast mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah, you talked uh, a lot about this, because this is his second trip to Stream Song, and he just went down there for a second time this past week, fished down there, caught a ton of great fish. Uh, we, we would show you pictures, but it's a podcast. It's a podcast, yep. But, I'll, we'll probably put them on our YouTube at some point, but... Um, for sure. It's it's definitely so down where I was. It's the lakes are phosphate pits, and they used to be used for you know phosphate. Mine, if you know what phosphate is, of phosphate they're like uh-huh. big like mines and like crates craters where they would mine and phosphate. These were discontinued years back, and they got stacked by um, bass. And in my opinion, besides Texas, it might be the bass capital of the world. It is. Um, it, it was pretty crazy. I caught, every fish I caught was over two pounds, and I caught 
12 to 15 fish and and you caught your pb there too maybe, also uh yeah probably six ago. six hours of fishing uh -huh. yeah i caught about my first trip there i caught my pb in the same lake i was fishing mm -hmm. um about seven pounds and it was we were literally just fishing the bandito bug mm -hmm. i didn't know it was in my grandma's backyard matter of fact and we were just mm -hmm. throwing around seeing if there was a bass back there and sooner sooner than later i got five minutes in i got i got crushed and and at first, I thought it was like a giant carp or something that somehow wanted some piece of plastic, but nope, it was a seven-pound bass. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It just goes to show you that, I mean, you can fish anywhere. Like, you think Griff, Griff knew? He was he was probably going into his grandma's backyard pond expecting catch, I don't know, a bunch of half-pound dinks, probably maybe like a big, at best, two-pounder. And out of nowhere, he sees a seven-pounder. And just goes to show how you can fish. You you never know what's going to be in the water, so just be prepared to fish. Yeah, it it shows you a lot. And I was just bank fishing that day. On um, you know, I didn't. The where I caught that was not my property, and I was on the other side of this house. Where who knows? They could have told me to leave, but it wasn't. It was the, uh, you know, the house. Uh, you know all the. The house is there, the, the company that owns that land, um, it was their land, and so it was pretty much public, but it wasn't public, and the other people didn't own it, so I was just fishing over there, because I knew it was this place called Grasslands, um, they owned it, so I was fishing around there, and, you know, my boy, uh, a few of the, the workers that work in the backyard, and pick the weeds, were out there fishing too, you know, mm -hmm. every, every, you know, people Ever, are trying lakes all over. Pond. I mean, they, they know, they're like, it's this... This pond, if you get to work here, you get the opportunity. It's like my friend Jack Ellenberg. Yesterday, I was driving him over to uh, the, uh, pond, the place where he fished. There's a golf course. It's the pond on a golf course. He was going over to hit some balls, and I look in, I look in his golf bag, and he's got a little breakdown rod in there because when we, when we go to that pond, we're only allowed to fish certain sides for certain sides of the pond, and we can't always go all the way around. And yeah, because of the golf course. Mm -hmm. And so when Jack it's goes on over the there, so say he goes over like the seventh hole on the other side of the, on the other side of the pond, real quick he'll go uh, put together his uh, pole and tie on something and go get a couple casts in uh, while he's on that hole, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I hope his dad is mm -hmm. taking some time on that uh, seven iron. Mm -hmm. I hope he takes some time. Take Gets a little drink hey, at the. Dad, at hey, the, Dad! Take your time. Take your time. Like stop at the halfway yeah. house. Or <laughs> yeah, get yourself a, a beer or something. Uh -huh. Relax for a little bit, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, he does that a lot. And you know, let's tell a story real fast. And we were there about a month ago, and we were not catching anything um, on the side we are necessarily allowed to fish on. Mm -hmm. And so you know, Jack is Jack Ellenberg. He will do anything to catch a fish. So anything. He runs pretty much the opposite way. In, he runs so. A, say it was three. He's running in front of like I don't know, like five gol golfers, right? Yeah, I mean, he ran the the farthest way with the most fish to get to the other side, mm -hmm. where it was safe to actually fish because it's on the golf course. Mm -hmm. So he was running on the golf course, pretty much in the rough, in balance with people hitting into him. Mm -hmm. And um, there, I mean, there was golfers. And fishing was that he's standing right on the edge of the green with a fishing pole in his hand, just trying to get the other side of the pond. And somehow he made it, and he caught like four fish on the way. We're watching him run. 
he's casting, he's catching these fish, and we're like, and, and the- I wish we did it, and I also mm-hmm. kind of happy we did. Because <laughs> uh, this guy Jack Ellenberg, we'll probably get him on the podcast. He'll definitely be in our YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll- uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're new, go check it we're out. We're gonna get him on Keeping soon. It real on YouTube, but this Jack Ellenberg, he only throws a rooster tail. I mean, that's the only thing he knows. It. Yep, little micro t- micro spinner mm-hmm. uh, with a little uh, like spinner bait and a spoon combination. In front of you guys who don't know. But, yeah, it's just got a little blade on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. Yep, it's like it's a just like throwing a spinner bait, uh, much small spinner bait. Right. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you can throw it trout trout fishing. Mm-hmm. They'll beat that up. Mm-hmm. Great bait, though. Um, let's get back into where we're, we're leaving off about winter fishing. And uh, okay. this is kind of advice, you know, some of the more in debt, the better fishermen will know this, but if you're kind of a beginner, having a uh, tough day on a cold day, this is bites. what you got to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So start fishing deep with the bait that you think is right, depending on the day. If it's a sunny day and 40 degrees, or, you know, a cloudy day and 25 degrees that's up to you on what bait you think is right for that pond Mm -hmm. but something that you cannot um you know change it's going to be there all the time for you is your your deep water and your shallow water um sometimes those fish will go deep um during the cold day it's cold cold winter days but Mm -hmm. heat rises so the bass sometimes especially will start settling in uh shallower water Mm -hmm because it's more of a uh, comfortable environment. And um, that's where you should definitely make sure, if you're throwing a jerkbait, uh, cast parallel to that bank. Mm-hmm. You know, see if those those fish are sitting shallow. Yeah, um, that's a great tip. I know, Griff, you love to cast parallel to the bank. That's, like, something you're really good at, knowing how to work the baits over there, too. Um, and another tip, if y'all, if y'all have a... If y'all go out in a lake, like I said earlier, not a lot of y'all listening or probably have a big bass fishing boat. But if y'all, uh, if y'all take a boat over here, um, spoon. If y'all take a boat out in the winter, spoons and a rigs are great for lake fishing. Um, if you have a boat and want to take it out in the middle of the lake, I mean, a rigs. If you don't know what it are, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great thing. Um. It's very helpful, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, another tip for y'all is uh, going back into the jerkbait. If you, uh, with the jerkbait, uh, if it's ever like what Griffin was talking about earlier, if you're not having the best day and um, uh, like fishing deep into the waters, like you were saying about the heat rising, you um, when you pass parallel to the to the bank you definitely definitely want to uh like look up a youtube video or something we'll probably put a youtube tutorial out on uh how to work all your uh all your baits on that yeah and another great thing about that jerk bait is um being able to fish it you know you can fish it slow mm-hmm. like it's a dying shad and, you know give it a give it a quick reel and then uh you know a uh, couple couple jerks and then you know Reel always with the jerk bait. Always reel, reel the slack. You never want to be jerking with slack in your line. You want to have a tight line when you're, you know, finessing that bait. You know, you don't want to be um, trying to do that with slack in your line because that'll defect the way that uh, shad's gonna, that shad imitator is gonna move. Uh-huh. And like you just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, 
during that winter season, uh, it's a great thing. No matter what bait you're throwing, you always just want to work that bait slowly, slowly, because the fish they're tired, they're lethargic, they're they're you know they're not feeling it. You it, the slower you work the bait, the better luck you have. Like um, Griff was with me. I went up to my uh farm in South Georgia. We were fishing there. We were not catching anything. As soon as we started slowing our reel down, uh, that's when we started, yeah we got that's, on them. That's when we got on the fish. That's when we we couldn't stop catching them, and that's when we started like figuring out like how to uh, that's how how to work it. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. You know, speed of the way you're fishing it is very important, and um, a good way you know a good video to go watch if y'all are looking. Uh, Jason Christie, a professional fisherman, mm-hmm. um, on um, you know he, he's in all the tournaments, the Bassmaster Classic Elite. Yep. He's set heading down to Florida in a couple weeks uh, for opening day down in West Palm, I believe. But uh, he just posted a YouTube video, uh, and it's called "Catch Big Bass in the Winter Time: oh. Spinnerbait Fishing," mm-hmm. and um, he it's a great video. It teaches you a lot about how to. Um, fish spinnerbaits in the cold and it's not just how you how you fish a spinnerbait but it's also how the spinnerbait looks mm-hmm. he's talking about how that blade has to be over that hook if it's not over that hook those bass are not going to attack it and the big reason why those bass attack this um is because it's a reaction bite mm-hmm. uh this thing's thrown in the water it's a big presentation and they start spinning it what you start retrieving it and it causes a spinnerbait to spin and those bass it's it's a reaction bite. Their body tells them they're so, you know they they're gonna eat it. You know if you throw it in front of their face. So if you set that bait up right, you will get a you'll you'll get a hookup with that bass. Mm-hmm. Um and more about the crankbait. Uh, Rapala came out with the shad wrap a couple years ago. That's a great. That's a great. That's they, a lot. I look. I've been looking at reviews. Uh, people have been calling it the best cold water crankbait ever. I mean. If you look it up, it's got great reviews. I I've fished it before. I I know a couple of my friends who have some. I've used theirs. It, it's it works so well through the water. It's a great bait to use. Yeah, uh, Rapala does make some great baits. Um, I'm not too into the one. Uh, I haven't really looked into the one that Austin was just talking about, but I have fished with their minnow, um, their original minnow. Oh yeah, it's just pretty much a small jerk bait. Uh, in a matter of fact, Jack Ellenberg introduced that bait to me mm-hmm. and his dad. They pretty much only throw that bait, um, and they started throwing it to me. It's very good in and, clear water. Um, um, yeah, very good in clear water, especially at Austin's farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin's farm uh-huh. was very good for, the, for that. They got about 11 crappy on that mm-hmm. in 30 minutes, and they were going nuts because they did not think that crappy would be sitting in the middle of the lake. Yeah. I don't think yeah, anyone would be, like kind of unless you're a big cr- kind of crappy fisherman. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun bait to try out in the winter, a drop shot. I really I really like drop shots. Uh, I've heard a lot about that in the winter. And, um, yeah, it's just a great bait to use. It's fun, it's fun to work with. It's re- if, you've any, if you've ever seen underwater footage of that thing going through the water it's really fun to watch uh I yeah um drop shot is a great a great bait and um i'm looking at this right now i'm gonna try to find it it's uh my favorite drop 
shot uh, bait. Let's see here. Uh, I'm gonna try to find it. It's it's a Guggen. It's their Guggen one. And uh, mm-hmm. for me, you can really fish most Guggen baits on that. But um, mm-hmm. this one just seems to work work best for me. And um, yes, it's a soft bait. You know, just like you throw throw that on. It is the Slim Shake Worm. Yep, yep Slim Shake yeah, Worm. Slim Shake Worm. Is is the way to go. Um, I really like that in green pumpkin, green green pumpkin red flake, yep. and occasionally green pumpkin purple. They don't seem to make that one as much. So I don't use you know I don't. They make it as much. You just don't find it as often in your local Walmart or Dick Sporting Goods or Bass Pro Shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the uh, Carolina rig, it's, it's great, great, great. Yeah, you got to be careful. Um, uh, me and Austin were just talking about uh, the A rig uh-huh. uh, before. It was oddly, I don't know how it came up. We were just talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people talk about the A rig winter fishing, and I've never got not gotten the chance to throw one because I've never I. really just never had one of those. I don't big, fish uh, heavy rods for just for those like nine inch swim baits and A rigs and all those big heavy rod uh, re- uh, lures. Sorry. Yeah, I don't. I've never got the opportunity to. I, I occasionally get to go on a boat down in Florida, but um, not enough to where I want to put in four hundred, five hundred bucks into a nice com, nice heavy combo, Just and you know, like two. A rigs, you got to put on what six, uh, soft swim bait things or paddle tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's so uh, what? That's another eight dollars plus getting the A rig itself. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, but it is so worth it. If y'all want to go check out Millie yeah. fishing, fishing on YouTube. Yeah, uh, he 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 is he specializes in those that rod with those heavy nine inch swim baits, six inch swim bait, a rigs, and he just capitalizes in the winter. I mean, he caught his PB a uh, like a month ago, right in the winter time. And yeah, he's 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 amazing. Best fisherman I've ever seen. Yeah, and um, he's he's one of those guys that is a. Uh, He's got the technology he needs. He's got all the bass boats he needs. Uh-huh. Um, he's got a 16-inch uh, Panopticon screen, screen, Garmin Live Scope on the front of his boat. Uh-huh. It's like a TV screen. Yeah, it, it is. I'm like, it's like a small monitor, like like a. It costs like five grand to put in, and I'm just trying to get a five grand boat. Like, he's he's something else. He and he, what a fisherman he is. He. He gets on an eight pounder. He doesn't say a word. Yeah, he he fishes these crazy ponds, and Griffin sent me a picture the other day from his Instagram post. You should you got to see how many rods this guy has. He has I don't know what do you want to say like oh it was seventy five rods just in his in seventy five eighty rods in his boat. We're saying seventy five eighty. We are not lying. Like it is. He was he was even like he was even wow. This is this is like. Too much, but um, it, it, it was pretty dang funny. Up with the uh, li- the Garmin and the li- live scope and all that stuff, he buy a whole other bass setup if he sold all those rods. Yeah, and one last thing we, we want to talk about today during winter fishing is um, the water temperature compared to the air temperature, mm-hmm. and you can't you don't really know this unless, unless um, like there's two ways. Smoke, yeah, steam yeah, coming off the water. Is it a good one? You can steam steam coming off the water in the morning. Mm-hmm. That that'll let you know that the the water is hotter than the air. Yep. 
And then another way to learn is it, it, this is kind of a, you know, you got to have a boat and you got to have technology. Mm-hmm. You could check the, um, you know, check your temperature on your, on your panopkits. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's warmer, that's a big part in, in fishing, you know, mm-hmm. you might, if you don't, if you don't check those small things out, you may not know the water may be 70 degrees and it might be 50 outside. Mm-hmm. You could be throwing, um, more of a spring bait, you know, a moving bait. Cause those bass are going to be active today. Uh-huh. Um, compared to a day where the water temperature is 30 and it's 50 outside, yep. those bass are going to be kind of slow and you might need to throw something slow in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's the small things that add up to catching big fish. Uh-huh. And uh, one last tip, like what Griffin was talking about, for the um, for to tell the water temperature and the air temperature. So you know those things you, you put them in your pool and you just and it shows the temperature of your pool. It's great to have one of those. You, if you take a boat out, small little boat, or you can even put it in from the bank, and you check what the water temperature is there, and then you go to the weather app on your phone, um, and you can see what the water feels like, what the uh, the air temperature is, and what it feels like. And compare it from there too. Yeah, that's an old school way to do uh-huh. it, but I it it, it works, mm-hmm. and that's a big key. You know, fish ain't gonna bite because what you put in their face. It's the weather is a big part of it. Yeah. You know, but I say weather first, bait uh, bait second, and then you know hook set or whatever. Yeah, where you catch. Um, last, you know, mm-hmm. getting the hook actually stuck in their mouth. Like getting it under the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what a, a good podcast for today. Uh-huh. It's Thursday. Oh, and um, with your winter fishing guide. I know it's getting to the end of winter. Well, down here in the southeast, it's winter. It just snowed starting. for us, actually. We just got a little bit of snow down in Atlanta. Yeah, we're not, uh, we're kind of in winter now. Mm-hmm. This is winter until about late February. I would say, maybe, yeah, maybe mid March. Mid March, they'll start coming up to the beds, and that's when. Yep. We are going to be out fishing every day. We're, we've been holding it in. We've been wanting to go fish, but we're just waiting. Yeah, this is waiting to unleash it for the spring. Yeah, you know what? I said we we're done, but I'm, I'm going to talk about one more thing. Um, this is a time where, if you have, uh, if you need to get organized your tackle, this is the time to do it. You know, the bass are going to be at its slowest. Um, go to your your store. Get what you think you're going to need for spring fishing and be prepared. Because if you're not prepared, um, you know, it's it's going to be it's gonna be hard to, you know, one day you're going to be like, I want to go fishing, but I don't have what I need. Have what you need. So when it comes to springtime, you can, you can be on the water as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, being out there as much as possible is how you're going to catch more fish. You know, if you're just out there for an hour, you're not going to catch as many fish as you're out there for five hours. Yep. And, you know, so be prepared. Yeah, and one of my favorite things to do in the winter, even though I'm not fishing, is just I know I har- I don't hardly ever get to do it. It's just go to a Bass Pro Shops. That's like the most fun thing in the world. I know Griffin. Or I mean, when we get there, we're bouncing off the walls, crazy excited, having so much fun. I mean, that's the, that's the yeah. best thing to do in the winter. If you're not, if go, you're not fishing, go go shop. Tackle shopping. Yeah. Tackle shopping is. Almost as fun as catching fish, not as, but I mean, it's seeing it's those, fun. Like, eight pound bass in the uh, window in the tank. Uh-huh. Yep. Maybe one day we'll get them a yeah, special I'll, privilege I'll to throw a little. Fish into there. 
Maybe throw a little bandito bug in that tank one day. Bug is the drug, you know what they say. Uh-huh. Get a little picture for the gram. Mm-hmm. Alright, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see y'all soon on the next podcast. Yep. Alright. Alright, pe- peace out. Bye-bye.